Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the Mining Podcast. And today's guest is Matt Salthouse, who's the uh, CEO of Cane and Two Resources. I think I pronounced that right. Um, who are an uh, Asia-Pacific focused gold mining company with two highly prospective gold projects in um, the premier mining region um, in the high-grade Cana Two Gold District of PNG. Uh, Matt has a background in law and a wealth of experience in the mining industry, working for a handful of mining companies, including um, Oceana Gold. Um, so it'd be good to hear and get a good um, perspective from what's happening in the mining industry from, from his perspective and what's been happening in P&G with many companies facing challenges with the government. So let's get straight into this and welcome, Matt. How you doing, Matt? Good, mate. Thank you for uh, having me on the, on the podcast. No, and I appreciate you taking up the time. Uh, you're in Singapore at the moment, um, so there's a bit of a time difference. So, yeah, I really appreciate um, you joining uh, joining the, the podcast. So I wondered if you can um, give us a, a, a brief background of yourself um, from obviously way back, way back when you got into, or even before the industry, and then whilst you got into the industry to sort of to uh, present day. And then, um, yeah, and then I want to find out more about the company and obviously what's been happening in PNG. So, um, yeah, I'll hand it over to you. Certainly. Look, uh, as you say, I started my life, uh, professional life as, as a lawyer, but I've always had a focus on, on, on industry and business, to be honest. Uh, so really been a, a mining uh, professional and intern executive for the last 25 years or so. Um, real focus for me, in addition to you know, building successful mid-cap mining companies, is Asia Pacific, so I've got a real passion and interest in in working in this part of the world. So, we've had uh, a number of um, successes, if you will, and and uh, um, learning experiences from developing precious metal gold mining projects and companies in this part of the world, and always looking to create the shareholder wealth on the way through. So. That's, that's my focus. Uh, I was um, a senior executive with Oceana Gold for a number of years, as, as you point out, and uh, had a, a lead role at one stage in helping to develop the DPI project and take that into, into you know, pre-development activities and sort out a whole raft of social licence issues and some of the legal regulatory issues and, and, and mining concession matters that are associated with that. Uh, so that was good, in addition to doing a lot of capital raising work with Oceana. And then from there, I moved to a company called Archipelago Resources, which was listed in AIM for a number of years, uh, which had the Toka Tindon mine in Sulawesi, Indonesia. So quite a uh, good quality project in Indonesia, which we commissioned as a team, took to 250,000 ounce production, uh, sub 600 cash costs at the time, and developed a 3 million ounce resource. So that was uh, something we did in collaboration with a, a like-minded team of professionals in, in region. Ultimately, we were able to sell that or successful in, in, in selling that in a takeover to an Indonesian investor for about $600 million and 
uh, EV value and a 40% uh, premium to the share price. Uh, so on the way through in terms of that deal and, and probably early in terms of work of Oceana Gold, um, I was able to develop a good network in this part of the world, in this region, and, a, and also a, a body of like-minded professionals. So what we're really doing at Kanantu is bringing together that network and that group of professionals who have worked together and developed projects in region before uh, to build a new platform in, in Asia Pacific, clearly focusing in on, on PNG with, with, with our core asset at the moment. But it's a platform to uh, take forward um, you know, this company uh, um, and uh, uh, it's sort of it's something which I've been looking to do with the management team for a number of years and, and you know, at the early stages so far, but looking, looking uh, quite prospective and there's a lot of opportunity we see. Yeah. Just want to get your view. Obviously, you come from a law background. Um, how do you see the mining industry through your eyes coming from that sort of background compared to, say, um, people from a traditional mining background, whether they study mine engineering, whether they study uh, geology, for instance? How do you see the mining industry from, from that, your perspective compared to a more traditional mining background? I think from, from my point of view, and, and certainly it was a theme uh, which we took forward of Archipelago, um, you know, th these projects are to be commercialised, if you will. So, you know, whether you're taking the DPO development project for Oceana Gold at a very early stage or whether you're taking Kanantu Resources uh, exploration project, all of these initiatives have a commercial aspect to them. And clearly the critical aspects always to bear in mind is geology and, you know, um, mine engineering planning work and what have you as you move through development curve, but is really to take these projects and take a commercial corporate perspective to them to drive them forward. So that's certainly my approach not necessarily as a lawyer, but as a, as a commercial operative to developing uh, uh, assets as opposed to looking at them as a, uh, as a pure mining project. I think you could take a, clearly the project aspect is critical, but if you could take the broader corporate philosophy to it, it gives you a basis to also build a company, wrap a company around the project at the same time. Yeah. And how do you see the law and governance between different countries and jurisdictions that you've worked in? How how much do they do they differ or are they are they pretty much quite similar? Do certain countries and jurisdictions or even continents follow follow one? Follow one. If one, for instance, if Asia starts to work, work towards a, a I suppose, a, a, a certain way, do then other continents then follow follow those? Do they sort of certain countries follow other countries? And how do you see that from a uh, from a I suppose a governance perspective? Look, there's certainly been a trend over the last ten years or so for governments of whatever persuasion in whatever nationality or whatever region to to want a, a bigger share of the cake from these projects, uh, and that elements of and we see that in the, in, in more developed countries, uh, um, two developing countries. So I think that's a consistent theme, whether it's the Philippines or Indonesia or Papua New Guinea, 
uh, um, or even Japan, um, where there's some activities in Japan where, you know, there is um, interest in developing projects, but also a view that, you know, people and, and through them, I guess, governments should, should have a greater role or say in, in, in the benefits that are coming from the projects, whether that's right or wrong. That's clearly a trend I see across the region, across Southeast Asia. Um, we see that in Papua New Guinea as well. Papua New Guinea is a little different from some of the Southeast Asian uh, countries that, that I worked in that. Uh, I, I find actually that the mining culture is, is probably more developed there. It does piggyback somewhat off the Australian um, law and systems. And, and so there's a, there's a great awareness and, and understanding of, of mining concepts and what have you when it comes to dealing with regulators than say, um, you know, some, some parts of Indonesia, for example. Yeah. Um, before we, we speak about um, specifically around PNG, um, you've recently listed um, on the Canadian uh, stock market um, we've obviously enjoyed a great start. Um, can you give us an introduction to Canada 2 um, and the, the rational behind the listening? Uh, sorry, the listing. Look, it's been established really to give investors um, access to an entry level junior play in, in, in Asia Pacific. So clearly, Asia Pacific's very geographically rich, uh, geologically, geologically rich, I should say, uh, mining. Area and and we see an an opportunity there for a junior player to enter the the, the space and, and give investors a platform uh, in in Asia Pacific, um, in particular in the Canadian market. So there's some successful larger scale Asia Pacific focused miners there, but not so much at, at the junior entry level. So really, Canada has been developed to to drive that uh, option for, for investors. And three components to it, quality asset, quality project, uh, quality management team, credential management team who've worked together in the region before, and also a strong partner. Critical, obviously, to work in developing nations is, is a strong local partner. So we have that. So they're, they're the cr three critical elements that come together for Canantu. Uh, and you know, on the basis of that, we, we've taken the the project and, and the company forward for listing, um, obviously focusing in on our, our, our PNG uh, asset at this stage as, as yeah. the priority. And I wonder if you can just give us an overview, obviously, of the project and and what what's the the project like or looking like over the sort of the next twelve months and what you hope to achieve. Yeah, so, look, the, the project is is uh, uh, in close proximity to. Uh, K92 operations. So K92 is clearly very successful Canadian-listed gold producer with the highest, uh, one of the highest uh, grade producers in the world, and clearly uh, plans and, and successes in expanding their resource base. So our, our assets, uh, our, our portfolio is is uh, in, in close proximity to K92. So we've got uh, a, a one asset we call or project we call KRL North which is uh, borders K92 and uh, shares some of the, the same structural uh, signature of the Bilimora field, which you know, K92 mine in. So that's uh, a, a smaller but highly prospective tenement bordering K92 to the north. And then otherwise we have the other core tenement is uh, KRL South, we call it, which is about 20 south, 25 kilometres to the southwest of K92, uh, sits on the Kanantu transfer structure, so well-known 
fault system there, if you will, for for, for uh, um, uh, successful mining in in, in Kanantu area. And early studies there indicate uh, likelihood of epithermal scar deposits and uh, porphyry intrusive uh, crops also being mapped uh, for, for for studies. So um, they're the, they're the, the the core, if you will, assets of, of the project. Uh, um, and look, in, in the coming uh, year, we're looking to uh, conduct a trenching program. So in the last few months, we've conducted a ridge and spur program, really centering around the centre of the, Kano, the KRL South project, around an area called Tirukave. Uh, um, so ridge and spur work there, some geochem sampling, structural mapping, uh, outcrop observations, all indicate um, probably a, a relatively shallow buried epithermal prospect, uh, which you know um, looks encouraging, and we think that's um, an area for for particular focus for us over the next six to twelve months. So we're going to continue some trenching work there, and look towards uh, a drilling program as the year progresses. You know, potentially say forty holes around uh, you know, more in, in the more intensive uh, area there of, of, of that prospective tenement. So there's lots of things for us to do across the portfolio. Given capital resources, we're going to hone in on this Tirukava area to start with because we think that's most likely to, to bear uh, early, early, uh, early fruit, if you will, as we you know, slowly move through or, or pros prospectively and 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 we figure move through the, the early state exploration program. Yeah. And how is financing going and how are you looking to sort of finance, finance the pro or how have you financed the project and how are you financing it moving forward? So we, we uh, obviously raised um, uh, 4.1 million, uh, million Canadian dollars at uh, the end of 2020 and uh, listed uh, through qualified transaction on the on the TSX Venture Exchange. So you know, we've got a, a, a trading platform now and uh, a, a, a structure there, which also potentially lets us um, exercise some warrants uh, on achieving certain milestone events or share price appreciation for the for the stock over over the coming time which potentially lets us raise additional funds. I think certainly for the immediate uh, focus, we, we have uh, ample finances for our exploration program uh, and, uh, you know, well, well financed and, and placed to, to, to pursue the, the work program, certainly this trenching and, and, and initial drilling over the next uh, 12 months or so. Yeah. And how, obviously, your, your properties um, sort of, Quite near K nine K ninety two, how is your relationship with them, and is there any synergies that you can you can um, sort of attain with them? So K ninety two, you know, a lot of um, the, the 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 operatives in the field work quite closely with 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 the K ninety two people. The K ninety two people have been very supportive uh, with with us where we've needed to you know, pass through their tenements to access our properties. We see that there's most likely some synergy with with K92, although I haven't had any direct discussions with with them. Obviously, they've been successful, and and uh, you know um, it, it's it's um, encouraging for us to to look at them as a, as a model for what can be done in in Kanantu region. Clearly, they've developed a, a strong social license 
in Kenantu uh, region and, and look, that's something which we'll continue to embark on and, and work on as well. And I, I potentially see options for, for you know, collaboration, certainly at, at the community level at least, uh, as, as our story evolves. It's somewhat smaller than, than K92s, but, uh, you know, um, the, the mining industry is all about collaboration at one level too. Yeah, certainly. Um, I want to talk a bit more about sort of PNG as a as a mining jurisdiction. Um, you you've obviously had some some endorsements from the Minister of Mines and some encouragement and praise. Um, so I just wonder if you can tell us a little bit about that. Look, the mining ministry, uh, from our point of view, has been really helpful in in driving uh, or helping us uh, drive this listing. Uh, you know, there's obviously a, a number of regulatory issues that needed to be resolved before listing in Canada and, and, and the uh, Mineral Resource Authority in PNG is very helpful in, in, in helping us resolve those matters. They've uh, been supportive on the ground in Kanantu in, in terms of um, extending our, renewing our, our exploration licences. So generally we, we've had a, a very constructive and positive relationship with the uh, mining authorities and the mining minister in PNG, you know, clearly there's uh, um, a desire from the government in PNG to encourage junior exploration investment into the country. Uh, you know, clearly there's a there, there's a there's a view that the uh, you know, overall national resource inventory needs to be expanded. Can't they can't just rely on you know, major exploration co mining companies to do that for them. So, you know, on that basis, I've been very supportive and, and, and helpful towards our company and, and the strategy that we're looking to embark on. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, there's been some negative press over the sort of last 12 months between um, Barrett Gold um, and the PNG government. Um, how are you finding the, uh, the mining environment um, sort of in country? Um, and how, how are you, I suppose, cementing your, yourselves and your company with the PNG government? Obviously, I've mentioned that they, they've been highly, um, um, obviously, endorsing, endorsing you, and you, it seems you've got that good relationship. Um, but how, how has, I suppose, the government been within the country um, to, to, to mining? Obviously, because we've seen some negative press with, with Barrack. Look, obviously, there's uh, some reform to the law proposed, which, you know, whenever there's discussion about changing mining acts, wherever it is in the world, pe people become uncertain. So clearly that, that uh, um, has caused some, some miners to be unsettled. I guess, uh, though, you know, I, I, I would look at, uh, you know, some of the statistics, if you like. So PNG, notwithstanding all the noise um, over the last 12, 18 months or so, still ranks as one of the top, in the top 15 gold producers in the world. You know, produced over $3, 4000000000 billion worth of uh, gold production, you know, in, in the 2019-2020 year, for example. So notwithstanding a lot of the political noise, the miners continue to mine and the exploration companies continue to continue to explore. And look, in our case, 
as I mentioned earlier, we've worked hard to uh, develop local networks and, and alliances. So we have a strong local partner called Asia Pacific Energy Ventures, APEV. Uh, they're highly regarded by the PNG government and other stakeholders in PNG. They're the largest private EPC contractor in, in country. So we work well with them. And that's helped us uh, manage sovereign risk and neutralise sovereign risk you know, some of the startup issues that other companies may have when entering a country, we haven't had the ability to leverage their network to help us resolve roadblocks along the way has been very helpful as well. So, you know, at, 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 a, at a broader level, you know, the mining companies continue to mine, notwithstanding political heat or otherwise. And at a local level for our own company, we, we've got a clear pathway to deal with sovereign risk issues as, as, as and when they might emerge. Yeah. And what challenges do you see yourself facing or the, the company facing um, in the short term? Obviously, we're in the, the height of um, COVID and this pandemic. Um, how, uh, obviously, that would be potentially a challenge as well. So apart from COVID and the challenges and lockdowns, etc., what other challenges do you see uh, you facing in the sort of short term? Well, I think in, 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 in these developing regions, you know, working with the community, not necessarily a challenge, but it's something that has to be continually managed. Uh, so working closely with, with local stakeholders is a critical challenge for us. Uh, and I think for anybody who, who, who is working in, in, in PNG uh, or, or other uh, areas in Southeast Asia, COVID obviously is a is a big issue as well. You, you mentioned that for us, that that's uh, a critical uh, uh, aspect to manage, in particular movement of of uh, talent in and out of the country. So, getting uh, um, you know senior managers in and out is 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 delayed uh, at, at, from time to time. So that's um, that that needs to be closely managed, uh, and I see. Yeah, for all miners, that is clearly a a key challenge. Yeah, and how is your relationship with the local community? Really strong local relationship. Uh, we've we've uh, had the uh, the local uh, or the, the the local clans met recently in the last six months or so to endorse our projects. So the exploration tenements come up for a review after two years, uh, which requires the national warden to come and conduct hearings in region to find out whether the community supports the projects or not. All the clans came together and were very vocal in supporting our projects and endorsing recommendations that our tenements be extended. So uh, that, that is, is strong traction in, 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 in Kanantu for, for what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, and what do you think makes you such an exciting proposition for investors out there compared to some of the other junior miners? And what would you say your USPs are? And why would someone want to invest within uh, invest in you? Look, I think it's a, an excellent entry-level opportunity. And the asset we have, high-quality asset in a, in a proven high-quality um, world world-renowned mining district, excellent uh, management team assembled, 
with experience in, in Southeast Asia and Papua New Guinea to develop a project. So when we sit back and look at all of the aspects that you'd want to put together to build an exploration play at a junior level and take it forward, we've sought to find solutions and, and, and options for all of those. So we think we present a, a very credible investment case there, as I say, with a, a, a blue chip asset that you know, looks more and more encouraging every time we do work on it. Yeah. Um, as a conclusion, what's the sort of um, outlook and vision for Canada 2? Um, looking over the next, say, three to five years, what, what, is the, what is the sort of vision of the company? Yeah, so really a twofold uh, vision, if you will, to create shareholder value. So clearly the first aspect is taking the asset that we have, the bird in hand, and working that asset hard. So uh, our, our, our tenements in Kanantu, to say blue chip, we continue to work them hard, continue to work through all the conventional processes and what have you to develop a, 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 an exploration play, uh, an asset, um, you know, ultimately, the, the intention, I think, for, for any junior miner is to develop an inferred resource, uh, which clearly gives us a basis to be valued um, and, and have a value metric applied to us. And, you know, potentially there, it lets you step up. I don't take it for granted that, you know, developing an inferred resource just doesn't happen overnight. And there's clearly a lot of steps along the way. So, so we'll work through those as, as, as they come. Uh, but number one, work the asset that we have and work it hard. And secondly, I think um, we, we, we developed Canantu as a platform for uh, further you know, options, activities and initiatives in Southeast Asia. Uh, we, we think that, um, you know, um, while it's not necessarily giving away aspects of the company or um, uh, anything of that nature, we, we do think that there's options for us to, you know, enter into strategic initiatives and alliances in Papua New Guinea and other parts of, of the region. And, you know, over time with our own asset and potentially with a portfolio of other assets, we build up a, 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 you know, quality uh, uh, option of suite of, of assets across the region. At, okay. At, uh, at the junior level and let it uh, expand from there. Yeah. Well, I've really been uh, looking forward to your uh, progress and everyone that's listening, um, please obviously keep a, keep an, out, an, uh, an eye out for you guys. Um, if people want to um, reach out to you, are you on any social media uh, platforms? If they want to ask you any questions or find out more information about, about how, you get, how you're getting on and how the company's going. We do. We, we do have a, 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 a Twitter account. Uh, we also have, uh, obviously, a standard website, uh, info at canantaresources.com. Send an email and we'll be happy to take it on and respond. Yeah, no worries. Um, and the all those details will be accompanying this podcast um, in the show notes as well. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, again, if you um, look below, those details will be on there as well. Appreciate if you can uh, like and share this episode um, appreciate if you uh, again people that are listening uh, really appreciate if you can keep sharing sharing these um episodes um and especially people um sharing this episode with people working in in png um just to see how kind uh, of two are going um so really appreciate um sharing this episode so um until next time 
Happy Vinyl. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.